Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. Today's guest is Laura Hardnett, and Laura runs a company called Empower Now. She is a mindset coach. In fact, she's a mindset coach for one of my really good friends, Keith Yaki. And on today's podcast, we dive into some really, really impactful and powerful mindset strategies, really to start helping you think about just the way we think, right? Because the way we think typically dictates our actions. And then our actions, or lack thereof, typically impact our mindset more than anything else. So I wanted to bring Laura in because she's well-respected across a couple different platforms, namely working with high, highly successful men, as well as women, uh, work through some of the limitations that we've placed on ourselves mentally. So I'm really excited for you to jump into today's podcast with Laura. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Laura's also super into fitness, so she understands the importance and power of taking care of yourself, both from a mental and physical standpoint. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's podcast with Laura Hardnett. Well, it's it's crazy because I'm literally this today. This is this is a true story. This morning I spent almost two hours uh, filming a new free course for guys. Uh, we're calling it "Guys Need Glutes." Because <laughs> women, you know, they've they've got on the the train of training your glutes and having a strong, powerful, you know, midsection and all that. Uh, but guys still neglect it. So I was like, you know, we got to get guys on the same, the same train. So we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a workout in and we'll crush it for both the women and the men. Yeah. You know, I think it's really interesting just jumping right into the mindset of that. I believe that women have decided that glutes are our queen, right? For us. And so we embraced it where guys are like, you know, they just decided that that was not like a focus. So mm. uh, like their, their chest and their arms, that's more important. So yes. if you the mindset and say, you know, glutes are, cause glutes are everything. It's like the core. Of yes. all. So yeah. It's funny you say that I was, once again, this is, I'm just off the top of my head. I was watching a show on Netflix called uh, black mirror. I don't know if you've heard of Black Mirror, but it's like a, you know, kind of a twisted, kind of weird uh, sci-fi in some cases show. And they have like these weird stories they tell. But one of the episodes I'm on, uh, there's a scene where they're watching like an old series on TV and a mom comes in who's probably like in her like 60s. And she says, oh, I really like the lead actor. Like he had a nice butt. (laughs) And I immediately think of my favorite comedy of all time, which is Dumb and Dumber where they see a couple walk by and they turn around, they go, Oh, look at the butt on that one. And and then the other guy goes, yeah, he must work out. Right. Right. And it's like, when I start to really think about it, and by the way, for those listening, like we're totally going down the path of glute training, (laughs) but it's like, if you go down, like all the times a male body part has been mentioned by a female, right. Mm -hmm. It's typically the butt for some reason, right. It's not like girls like, Oh, I mean, they like the arms and stuff like that. I understand that. But like, Men with with a powerful backside, like that's not a like something that men should shy away from. Like it's actually something that people actually want. <laughs> listen, listen. I girl talk number one, definitely the butt, which is yes. I, it's so interesting that it's all kind of like avoid it from guys, you know? Like yeah. So I think yeah. what you're doing is genius, right? Guys need Help glutes. These guys Help these guys out. Yeah. Guys need glutes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the women, the women got it on lock, you know. I think whatever you want to say about the fake this or the fake that, but this kind of leads to, you know, some of our, our mental struggles, right? Um, There is a fixation on 
body parts, right? When it comes to like your self-worth, I think that with fitness, one of the things I try to avoid is putting too much emphasis on the aesthetic, even though we all would agree the aesthetic matters, right? Um, it's more about how you feel, you know, how, how does having a strong, you know, pair of glutes or whatever make you feel, you know, for yourself and your confidence, um, and, and for different people, it might mean different body parts, you know, maybe it's your arm, maybe you always wanted, like, I always wanted a chest, right? I was like, I want to look like Arnold, you know, he had an amazing set of, you know, pecs or whatever. And as a kid, I was like, man, that's what a confident guy looks like. Right. Oh. And so I put a lot of stock into that. And it's funny. Cause now like, that's arguably like if someone were to say like, Hey dude, like your best body part is fill in the blank. They'd be like your chest. Right. And I'm like, it's so weird to hear that. Cause for so long, that was like a source of insecurity for me. Yeah. So it's just funny how fitness always ties back to the mental side. It really does. And I'm glad you brought that, that up too. Cause I think what um, is often thought people assume that when I get achieve this, then I will be this, right? So if I get this chest and I get buff, then all my problems are solved. And now I'm going to have the confidence. And so they get built, but then they get there and they have the chest, but they still are lacking that feeling. So then they think it must be something else. They're always looking for something else on the outside to fix this internal feeling where the reality and the truth is, is that it's in the inside. It's the inner work that really is the foundation so that when you do achieve this outer, you know, experience, you could actually appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I, I, I think that that is, that happens a lot in life that, that is, that happens a lot in relationships. It happens a lot, you know, with our culture in terms of, um, you know, having a nice car and, you know, you know, having the best purses or go, you know, posting on social media, all these wonderful things. And it's like, we have adapted in our culture that these things are happiness, but then you can see from our society that we're the most depressed and anxious, you know, generation ever. And we have the most things. So there's definitely a disconnect there. Yeah. I can, I, I I'm, I'm shaking my head. Yes. Because I have this all the time with business, right. Where it's like, you know, looking back 10 years ago, I would have killed <laughs> to have the business I have now. Right. Like, Oh my gosh, the freedom, the, the fulfillment, the, the financial gain, the, the people's lives I've changed. Like, it's all amazing. But if you ask me today, it's like, Oh, we're nowhere near where I want to be. Right. It's like, it's never, I don't want to say it's all tied to my identity, but a lot of it is tied to this, this feeling of like, man, it's something like I've reached that, that peak of that mountaintop or whatever. And it's like, I'm like, well, that's not what, like, we're not done. You know, like there's, there's more, like, there's always more. It's, I see it all the time with, with, uh, you know, materialistic stuff, like you mentioned, you know, the car, the house, the purses, like there's always something else. And it's like, you get the thing you always wanted and you go, well, that didn't really that didn't fill my cup the way I thought it was going to. Right, exactly. And I think what starts the, the conversation with ourselves or the curiosity with ourselves is to ask ourselves and to be really authentic and say, what is it that I'm, what does this thing, what am I hoping that this thing is going to do for me? 
Like, what is the underlying need that I'm actually seeking? And if you have those types of conversations with yourself and get really curious as to why does, why do I need this car? What am I trying to achieve from that? Am I trying to get, you know, people's approval or admiration, or is it a status thing? And then what's underneath of that, right? Getting to the core of it. And it's not to say that these things aren't great achievements or goals to seek, but if you're attaching you and your and, and your value and your happiness to these things, that's where it starts to get really mucky, dirty. And then that's where it starts to become chasing this uh, forever, never feeling content, never really truly having happiness. It's, it's when you don't have clarity as to what you're doing. And when it comes to business where you said that, I would ask the question, um, what is enough for you? Like, what does that even look like mm. for you? Mm. Just like when you said that, you know, sometimes yeah. like and you have all that, what would you say? You know, it's a really interesting question. I think, um, I'll start by saying, uh, I think a lot of my desire for business success based off my, my self-discovery and some of the, the internal work I've done is generated from the feeling of of scarcity growing up right where and i i was going to ask you this question we can get to this later but you know i think i have a theory that like everyone has uh, a hole they're trying to fill in some way right even if you were born into the most beautiful family with the most love in the world it's like there's still something that i feel like everyone then seeks right maybe it's just the human trait of trying to find fulfillment and happiness like doesn't matter where you start from. Like for me, I started the oldest of six kids on a military salary, a mom who didn't work living in, you know, a two bedroom house with four kids for a long time. And then moving to a three bedroom house with six where everybody shared a room. There was never enough money. There was never enough food in some cases, right? It was like cereal would be gone after two days. And like <laughs> you were fighting for the scraps all the time. So there's a fear of reliving that. And so when you, when you reach a certain amount of, you want to call it wealth or success or whatever, you go, well, ooh, that may not be enough, right? So the question that you posed of what is enough, I don't know, right? Like that's, that's a hard answer for me to say, because I think maybe in my head, I have numbers, right? Like, oh, I have this number of, you know, money or this number of clients or this number of employees or this much money in the bank or whatever, right? But it's like, if I really think about it, would that be enough? You know what I mean? Like, would it be enough? Or would I would I find a way to match my lifestyle to that? And then I'd find that almost a comfort of like, oh, I need to make more because that's what I'm used to. Right. Um, the questions that I start to pose in my head, as you can tell, I've gone into some of this, but it's like, it, it's it's uh, for me, I, I always question is, is the whole, I call it a whole, and maybe there's a better term for it, but the whole we're all given or born with or developed in our youth or whatever it may be that we're trying to fill does that get filled and then is there is there always a need to have that like is you know what i mean like is there is there always a need to have a driving force behind seeking more in some areas whether it's money relationships whatever right it's like or does that does that end at some point where you're like no i've reached bliss and fulfillment right those are great questions to ask each person, 
I, I believe that we all have answers within us that are very unique to ourselves. I don't believe that there's this one universal belief that what I believe you should believe. And then therefore I have this, the answers to, to your questions in life. I believe that we all know inside of us what is best for us. And it's when we become curious and we start to ask ourselves those questions. Now, it's really interesting. I wanted to just bring some awareness to what you shared. You, the, Our first instinct is to always say, I don't know. It's almost like this protective part of the brain that just because you can't access it right now, it just says, I don't know. But then... If you just gave yourself a little bit of like um, a little bit of grace and you said, well, and I would have asked you, um, so Josiah, so you don't know, but what if you were to guess? Like, what if it wasn't like, doesn't have to be a hundred percent if this is the answer, what would it be? What might you say if to that? Like what, what yeah. do you, if you were to guess? Yeah, I would say if, if I could have uh, a cash, we'll say cash net worth, because we're talking about money in this case like a cash net worth of $5 million in the bank, right? 5 million bucks that I could access on demand anytime I want. That's probably enough for me to do anything and everything I ever wanted to do, right? Because thinking about my goals and my visions and what I want freedom wise and what I want for my children to be able to do and the flexibility and everything to be with them and be around them and support them, that would probably be more than enough, right? Okay. More than enough. You know, right. so I think that's probably the number. Yeah. <laughs> that's the answer. Thank you. Because yeah. <laughs> a million bucks, I know what a million dollars is. Like I'm, I'm not here to, you know, spout off crazy numbers and stuff because it is what it is. But I know for me, that would still, there'd still be work to be done to gain more flexibility and freedom, right? Five million though, I go, you know, then I could probably just work on projects that I want to help people with, right? And I, could do things because I truly want to do them all the time. Not that I don't do that now. I live a pretty amazing life, but the fear of not having enough for my family, that would go away. I think at that point. Great. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah. I hear you saying like $5 million would make you feel like you could spend time with your kids. You would have the flexibility of not having to stress out, not having to worry. You know, there's a sense of security in that amount that you would be working, not because you had to work. You would be working because you feel like you were doing something that you enjoy. Not that you don't do, you're not doing that now, but it gives you right. a little bit of this flexibility in sure. that did i hear that correctly yeah yeah because to me work um in my at least in my psyche i always i feel like if i don't have something i'm working on then i feel like i'm missing something right i enjoy i enjoy the accomplishment of mm -hmm. doing work and seeing something come to completion and then you know having a goal that we hit right so in my eyes it would be like hey i'm going to choose to do some projects instead of saying well, I kind of have to do some of these things because of whatever I'm building, right? Um, so having the choice to invest my energy into things, I think would be an amazing thing. Not that I don't have that now. I, I mean, 90% 90, 90 of what I do now would be things I do based off of choice anyway, which was I'm very blessed to have that. Like, I don't take it for granted, but yeah, I think there's still a percentage of my life where I, I do things I have to do, right? And that's, okay. hey, I'm, I'm your, people listening to this are like, you, you spoiled first world problem, you know, person, but it's like, no, I understand that. And I think that we're all, 
you know, if we're all being honest, we all want that. Right. And so I think yeah. that's something I've always just been driven to, to achieve, but it's, it's fueled by this feeling of, Hey, I want to make sure my family and me never feel the, the, the gloom and doom that hung over our family as a kid. And I think that that, that says that speaks a lot. Now, something to consider is typically when you're making more money, what tends to happen? You spend more. And so you're, you're, even though you might be making 5 million, now you're spending close to 5 million, right? And then <laughs> where are you at again? Are you back sure. to the scarcity mindset of fear and things like that? So my question is, I think it's a great place to kind of just get curious about. It's not, it's having things, what we all need, there are human behaviors and, and human needs. And it, especially for a, a man uh, and his masculine energy to be taking care of a family, right? In the way that, that he is, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of stress and pressure that is put on, you know, men that have a role within their family, which is to be a provider. And so it makes a lot of sense that, you know, there's, there is this innate fear for a good reason, right? It's a primal fear that you're there because if you didn't care, <laughs> you know, you would probably just let your family, you know, who cares what happens to them, right? So yeah. it's a, although fear can be seen, these, 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 these fears could be, you know, you could decide to have a perception that the fear is awful and it's the cause of your anxiety, or you could choose to see fear as a, the protector, as as something that is is keeping you, you know, motivated and in driving force towards all of these things that you want to accomplish and how you want to protect your family. Because that leads into the other big part of reality is that how you frame a situation or how you perceive a situation will change and determine the energy that you experience in that given moment. Mm. Um so not to like skip over that part again, because I think that, you know, with our time, I mean, we could just keep going and going, and going. There's a lot that to uncover when it comes to our needs. But I think it's a great starting point to get really curious as into what are we, why do we want to have muscles? Like, why do we want to get fit? Why do we want to excelling our job? Like it's the why that's underneath the desire is is a great starting point but then once you uncover the why then you have to say well why is that important why is that important right if the more you can get get deeper 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 into some of the first things that pop into your head because that's coming from your logical brain that's not coming from your subconscious brain and 90 percent of your behaviors and your choices are in your subconscious brain so when you first state something that typically is good information it's logical right but then oftentimes it's not the driving force that's really running the show. Hmm. I So that leads me to a thought or maybe a question for you. So everything that drives us, right? So I talk about this a lot with our clients, our fitness clients. And I say, my fitness journey was mostly driven by pain, right? Mm -hmm. Pain of a lot of different things. Pain of not feeling good enough. Pain of feeling scared. Pain of feeling lack of self-confidence. A lot of things. Over time, I've almost, and I don't want to say I've come to this conclusion, but I feel like everything that we're seeking or that we're trying to do, or at least everything that either we decide to do or not to do, tends to be from a source of pain 
right? And I'll, hear me out on this. Maybe you'll completely disagree, but I would say like a lot of times the reason why people don't get in shape, right? Or because they allow, or because of why they allow themselves to get completely out of shape and unhealthy. And since we're talking about fitness, we'll stick to this for now, but there's you know many different examples that aren't fitness related, but let's just say someone allows themselves to become morbidly obese, right? Typically that's from a lot of pain, right? Like, and I, I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of people where they're like, yes, because of this trauma I experienced or because of this, but that same pain for some people may then lead them to become crazy fit, right? Where it's like, man, I'm driven to be just this fit person because of this pain I experienced that I don't want to experience anymore. Do you yeah. think all of our primal, maybe not genetically given desires, but like some of the things we kind of learn, the nurture versus nature experience where more of the nurturing that has taken place or lack thereof has then caused an enormous amount, or in some cases, a small amount of pain, but enough pain to generate this deep, deep desire for something. Yeah. And either that desire leads us so far away from it because we're like so intimidated by it and we just can't seem to grasp it, or it leads us to be obsessed over it. I don't know what your thoughts are if I'm making sense, but this is yeah. kind of what goes through my head. No, those are great. There's two parts here that I'm like, oh, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just blasting you with my, my thoughts. Like, like, well, how, how do I just, you know, I'm just so excited to answer this question um, because I think it's it's everything almost. Like it's the foundation of so much. And once, if you can grasp this, like if you can understand this, this can change everything for you. Mm. Um, we have been in a culture that tries to avoid pain, right? So if you feel discomfort, if you're not happy, you know, if you have any types of fear, or anxiety, or anxiousness, then take this pill, do this, like, you know, numb out, drink alcohol, take this drug, go shopping, you know, go hang out with your friends, laugh. Like, we're even told that we should avoid pain at all costs because pain is evil and the opposite of that is is the solution but in reality pain is our greatest teacher we learn so much about ourselves in painful moments and the more we're seeking pleasure the more we're actually activating our dopamine receptors right that's gonna keep increasing that makes us keep needing more things of uh, more things that stimulate dopamine in order for us to be happy so we're seeking all this stuff right just to feel somewhat normal and it's could be in the real lesson here is to say instead of seeing pain as the enemy see it as the teacher mm. and i believe that some of my greatest lessons that i've ever learned like i sometimes people laugh at me at this like they think i'm crazy i don't think they laugh they, they kind of like look at me side eye and, and think i'm like crazy but I sometimes want to sit, like I sit in my pain. Like I'm like, don't distract me. I don't want to numb out. I want to cry. I want to get it out. But I also set boundaries around that experience too, so that I'm not stuck there. I just allow myself that space to feel my emotions because I know that in the that feeling, whatever's coming up is going to be some kind of lesson. It's going to teach me something. It's gonna it's gonna help me know more about myself, and so therefore I seek that. Now, the other part of that is called sabotage, right? So what happens is, is that we have a desire, our present state, then we have our desired state, right? And so where I'm, where my passion is, where I, the work that I do is I, I help bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And in between this, okay, let's just imagine like there's two pieces of land and then you have the water. Well, the water that's underneath the bridge is 
what what is stopping you like what is stopping you from having what you desire and that's that that information right there is going to tell you so much about your sabotaging behaviors now here's the thing people see sabotage as as the enemy as the problem um it's not sabotaging is not when you're trying to hurt yourself it's about how you're protecting yourself so if you are maybe there was some trauma right and i've worked with several clients that could not lose weight no matter what they did they were just they were like i'm exercising i'm eating right i'm doing all these things but i don't understand why i'm not losing this weight and what was happening because if you go back to what i mentioned earlier which is the way that the brain works the different parts of the brain the subconscious is really running the show which is why we're on autopilot which is why it's really important to understand what are your beliefs and what are these things that are running the show mm. but what they discovered is that there was some trauma that was never processed and then therefore the weight was actually a protection so if they lost the weight, a part of them felt unsafe. Mm. And once that was discovered and the that part was addressed, which is what they call like the inner child wounds or different things that go deeper into like psychology. But once that trauma was addressed and the person in the present moment realized that they were safe and that that part no longer needed to protect them in that way, it was like their whole world had changed. They know they weren't sabotaging themselves. I it's like in my mind, I'm like, it's not really self-sabotage, it's self-protection. But you got to get clear on what is it trying to protect. I've never that heard sabotage so. described that way, and it makes so much sense because I see um even with myself, you know, there's certain things, it's crazy, it, it is wild to look at the human race and just see this play out especially with yourself but you're like you know i got you, you get so used to or feeling safe in in this case feeling safe with uh a certain type of environment for example that you're in right and your body's an environment right it's one of many that you experience and because feeling or you know being in this case in this example overweight gives you a sense of normalcy or a sense of safety you do things to sabotage or in your words, protect that, which is, I mean, now it makes so much sense. Like it's just a small adjustment in how we word it. Then you're like, aha, like totally get it. Right. Like with finances, you're like, well, I'm so you know used to the chaos and the scarcity that that almost feels more normal than abundance. Yes. You know, that feels almost more normal than being like, oh, we have so much money. We need to give so much away. Right. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't feel normal. That feels unsafe. That feels weird. Right. Wow. So you subconsciously without even realizing it do yeah. things like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to go buy too much stuff. I'm going to go throw money away. I'm going to go do this so that I can get back to yes. place of scarcity. Now, you know, I, I will say just of those listening, <laughs> I've experienced this right years ago where I was like, man, I'm making good money. But at the end of the day, there's no money left, right? Like this is making, making sense. Had to realize that over time, I got so used to being poor as a kid and that feeling that it became a safety, a place of safety for me. Now I have to continue and I'm sure we can talk about this, but like, how do we, if let's just say we get a little bit out of that, right. And we're like, okay, I I'm still, you know, you're still drawn to that safety, right. So I still want to protect that in some areas, but I've started yeah. to learn that about myself. What are the first things we need to do 
work-wise, like you mentioned the questions we need to ask and like what we need to do, where do people start uncovering, you know, these, these things? That's a great question. So one of the um, exercises that I, I start with, and I, I think it's really powerful is uncovering what are your beliefs because your beliefs are, is like your compass of life. And it's the lens that we see life through, right? So most of us establish our beliefs between the ages of zero, believe it or not, we're still absorbed. You know how you say what you have children, I have children, your listeners probably have some children or they have children in their life in some way, but they're like, oh my gosh, like six months in a baby and the, the way that they develop in their brain is like, it is what it takes us 10 to 15 years to even have that kind of change, but you're, it's like they're little sponges and their, their brain is developing in such a rapid way and it's making sense of their world. So even if they don't know how to articulate, there's no language, it's still all emotional. They, they are, their brain is all emotion. It isn't until you turn like 25 that that frontal cortex part of the brain is actually developed. So there, when you're a young child, your brain is all about emotions and feelings and experiences. And so depending on what your experience was between zero and seven, that's how that's that's the operating system. If until you update it, that's what you're operating on, which is like the iPhone two, right? Or the iPhone one. <laughs> Archaic. Yes, exactly. So it's like <laughs> once you realize that there is an operating system that you have, which is a set of beliefs that are influencing how you are operating in your present moment now, then you can decide if these beliefs are serving you or if they're hurting you. Are they helping you get to your goals or are they stopping you from them? So one of the exercises that I like to do is like take some time to kind of have some some space. It could be 15, 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be a lot of time. But grab, you know, guys, sometimes when I say journals, they get all weird about it. You know, grab a, a piece of paper, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys. Yeah. We call it a journal. Don't call it a journal. That was, that was so, that's so like youth slash female. Yeah, like not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. notebook. <laughs> grab your notebook. Right, yeah. sorry. And, uh, and write down and start to think about the beliefs that you hold about mm-hmm. everything. It could be your your about beliefs about yourself, about your relationships, about others, about the world. And you want to be honest because again, like this isn't about shame or guilt or right or wrong. This is really just about how to figure out what's going on unconsciously in your mind, subconsciously and unconsciously. And then you write down these beliefs and then you ask yourself, where did these, where do I think this belief came from? Is this something that I believe because I, I'm believing it? Or is this something from my culture, my religion, my parents, my experience growing up? Where did this come from? And then you're going to ask yourself, so how does this, how have this, how have this belief affected my relationships, my experience in life? And is it helping me? And if it's not, then you have to be honest with yourself and say, what could be, what is the belief that I need to believe in order to have a different experience with this? And then that is where you reinforce. It's like changing the way that you are seeing life. Let's just say like you have a belief that, um, that you're not smart, you know, maybe somebody in your, in growing up, some teacher, this happens a lot, right? A teacher or a kid said something like maybe you, you failed a test or you 
wrote, you know, you raised your hand, the teacher called on you, or maybe they called on you unexpectedly. You didn't know the answer and everyone started laughing at you. And then maybe somebody said that you weren't smart. And so therefore you adapted this belief that said, I'm not smart. I don't know anything. And unknowingly you have adapted this belief to be a reality for you. And so when you go to do, maybe get a job, something inside of you says, you're not smart enough for this job. You should just not like you shouldn't apply for this job because you're not smart enough. Remember now, this is something that happened in second grade. Yeah. Was so silly. Like, like, the, you know, it, you didn't know you were just learning the information. It didn't mean that just because you didn't know it in second grade that you would never know it. Right. So then, but you, that one belief has affected so many moments in your life that has stopped you from really living your potential. And so you can see how powerful a belief is. So it's really, really, really important to understand what do you really believe and is it helping you or is it not? And you do have the power to change it. It's really, we are the creators of our lives and whatever is not serving us, it we can let it go. We do not have to hold on to it. Mm. If we're holding on to it, there's still something that needs to be peeled through you know and sometimes it's not always just one sometimes i've had even for myself and for people that i coach it's it was like an aha moment and everything changed and then for some it's just the continuous process of reminding yourself which is what they call affirmations mm. it's reminding yourself over and over uh this new belief this new so that you can rewire that in your brain i love this topic of belief so much because without because we didn't plan this obviously but one of the things we do with clients and i'm sure it sounds just similar you're obviously way more of an expert but from my limited knowledge on self-belief right we tell people that and, and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this but we tell people that self-belief is really the key to, to to getting in shape and staying in shape right because right now you have a belief coming in that you struggle right like you really suck <laughs> at being fit right so you go all right well maybe there's a, a chance in hell that investing in something will help me change this but i my belief is that i just can't do it right so for me where i have experienced this and also where a lot of clients i know at least it seems like they've experienced changes in self-belief or changes in their belief period is when yeah. they see proof mm -hmm. that something can change, right? And I think a lot of us, and I know for a long time, when I think of the word belief, I go to my religion, right? Like I go to faith, right? And faith for me is defined as believing in something without seeing like tangible proof in some cases, right? Like it's almost like a feeling that you get or like a, a sixth sense in some cases, but you haven't actually like, I believe in God, but I've never sh shaken God's hand, right? Unless maybe I have, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're all part of God and I've shaken many hands, right? So it's like, cool. But something tells me that there's a higher power, right? It's just like, we're too miraculous of, you know, human, like the existence that we have is just too crazy, right? For me to just go, oh, it was just some random occurrence. Anyway, yeah. my religion. but my whole point is, how, what is, do you think changing your beliefs really ultimately comes down to just proof that there is possibility, right? To see a change, right? To be like, man, I believe that was stupid. Like I, I, I live, I love this quote. I tell my kids, or I try to tell them this quote all the time. If you tell a fish to climb a tree, he'll live his whole life thinking that he's, he's stupid, right? Mm -hmm. he's capable because he's a fish Yeah. Right? Tell him to climb a tree, of course. Right. So it's like, you're not 
incapable. You just got to find your lane. So right. I love the stupid part because I see a lot of people feeling like they're just not capable or not smart enough or whatever. So is it just simply going, well, watch how you are smart in this area and then going, aha, proof, I'm not stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it more of just the repetition, like the self-reminders, like I can do it, I can do it, I can. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Or is it a combination of the two? Sorry yeah. about the long-winded question. I just feel like that's, I, I always think about self-belief as being like the real fire starter to results where it's like, as soon as you believe in yourself, you're like, oh, hell yeah. Like I'm going to go out and I'm going to dominate, you know, I'm going to do whatever I need. I can do it. Right. Like, but you got to believe in yourself. Yes. Yes. So I think your question is great. And I love long-winded questions because I answer long-winded answers. It <laughs> 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 makes, makes me feel, you know, I love it. I love better. it. Um, I, if I understood you correctly, I would say that what you're asking is like, you know, is it the motive, like for, for motivation, right? So is it the, is it the belief, it's important to have the belief that you can do it, but it's in the little wins that you see that compound on each other and actually, right. So that's so, that's so true. You know, there is a motivating factor that we all have within us to first, to even get the, um, the desire to even start something new. It takes a lot of strength to, it goes against our, our actual program to step outside of our comfort zone. So if you even have the desire to make a change, that just alone, that desire is a lot more than, you know, 90% of other people out there, right? Because we're programmed for, to stay, with what we know to stay safe, right? With our primal instincts. But that doesn't mean that that's what's gonna help us thrive or it's the best for us. It's actually getting out of that comfort zone. It's it's doing something that doesn't feel right. What I, and I don't mean to jump all over the place, but it came to me is that like a lot of, like I have a 24 year old, almost 25. Mm -hmm. And he talks about like how to, Oh, somebody's showing up. Um, he talks about how to, um, you know, how to go over and how to like, I don't want to go here because of my feelings and, you know, my feelings don't feel good. So I don't feel like doing this today. And it's like, you know, it's the feelings can be confusing for us, right? So when we're confused about something because we're, we want it to feel right, typically that feeling is the the program. So we have to do something that doesn't feel right, but we know we want it, if that makes sense. Sure. So, and then once we get past that feeling, then we can say, okay, so I'm outside of this feeling and I'm doing something that I don't want. Now I need to set these little type of wins so that I can know and I have the confidence and the motivation to keep going from it. Mm. It's all mindset. And you talk about this a lot, right? It's about you have to believe that you're capable of achieving it to even make the effort and the steps to doing it. And if you set some of the wildest goals and it's so unachievable, you're sabotaging again. You're actually making something so out of reach that you could say, see, I told you I couldn't do it. I told you that I wasn't strong enough. See, I told you this wasn't for me. So therefore that is kind of what, um, what's going on. There's somebody, a sheriff coming to my door. <laughs> This is a perfect, so what we're going to do, because I, this is like, we're clearly going to need a part yeah. two to this, right? Like, this is like just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I'll let you handle your stuff. I'm going to okay. let everybody in. 
So we'll do our Q and A because it's a perfect time to pause and say like we've covered a lot of ground. Um, we're definitely going to have you back for part two and three. I guarantee. I would love but that. Yeah. this is like we're just getting into the good stuff, but it's a good time to let everybody in. You go handle your stuff. Hopefully, you're not arrested. <laughs> I don't come back. I'm locked up. Best I'm podcast kidding. ever. Uh, but uh, well, it'll make for good clicks and likes. But yeah, go yeah. handle your stuff. Give you a few minutes, and then we'll, okay. we'll let everybody in. Cool. Sounds great. Thanks, Laura. Thanks. All right, I'll be here. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of the True Transformation Podcast. We really appreciate you listening and would love for you to review the show wherever you listen, whether that's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or another podcast platform. If you enjoyed the show, let us know. What what else would you like to hear? What other guests would you like us to have on? We always take your feedback into serious consideration. As always, if you're looking for next steps, we do have resources for you. Just check the show notes or the description of the podcast for links on where to go next. We have everything from free resources to get you started on your fitness and fat loss process, or we even have coaching and paid programs if you're serious about going all in on your fitness. My name is Josiah Novak, and remember, life moves fast. Make it count. I'll talk to you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening.